Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. Hello, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. I'm your host, I'm Kyle Reese. Uh, I apologize for any type of technical difficulties we may have had. It looks like we're back to business. Hello, Cardinals and Chad, how are you? Look, we do have a, uh, a lot to talk about tonight. There's a ton of Cardinals-related issues. Um, uh, T.D. Jones says, finally, Fish says, Kyle, hey, Fish, hey, T.D. Jones. Okay, we're back, let's go. That's right, big old fuck. Okay, we're back, let's go. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Sometimes my internet gets weird. Uh, Zach Gifford just tweeted at me. I, I feel your pain. I know I feel Zach's pains now. Uh, there we go from T4 Salido. Hello, Liz Buck, how are you? Uh, yeah, look, uh, so as I was saying, hello, beautiful, hello, Stu Styles, Quinn, it's been more than four hours since Dylan homered, should I call my doctor? Yeah, you should be hard and erect and wonderful right now. Wow, had a, fa- a false alarm, glad you're back, that's right, Carlson finally got that one off his back, yeah, and watching Dylan Carlson uh, uh, smile as he crossed home plate, hello, Steve Eller, how are you, Eller Market, we love Eller Market, uh, watching Dylan Carlson cross home plate after hitting his first Major League home run, was an awesome moment, uh, not just for me, but for all the Cardinal fans, and I can't imagine what that family got to see. Uh, B Rick Four under under B underscore Rick Four says Bader, future Hall of Famer. Yeah, no doubt about it. Look, um, you know, I've uh, I've been one of the more critical people, not critical, but I think properly analytical about the play of of uh, Harrison Bader, and I'm excited about being able to say that along with Yadier Molina and Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Harrison Bader carried the offense this weekend. And that's huge, and that's positive when you take three or four from from the Reds. Uh, I'm excited for Harrison Bader, and I hope he keeps it up. We were very, very pro the Wade Miley versus Harrison Bader uh, matchup on Saturday night. I'm glad he got another chance uh, to to hit a home run off of Tyler Malley today. Uh, It it was a positive weekend, all things considered. Look, the Cardinals offense is still showing signs of impotence, uh, uh, which is the opposite of what Quinn's dealing with, the four-hour erection following the Dylan Carlson home run. Uh, but uh, it still is futile sometimes, the offense. It's hard to evaluate exactly what to do or what comes next because they played eight games in five days and then, you know, uh, 12 games in 10 days or whatever, or, uh, you know, 13 games in 10 days or whatever the hell it was. But a lot of, a lot of baseball this, this week. Don't really know what to make of it. We're still in evaluation mode, but the positives are Harrison Bader's hitting. Paul Goldschmidt looks amazing. Yadier Molina has come back hot. Uh, Brad Miller is amazing. And Dylan Carlson just hit his first home run along with, you know, if I didn't say it before, Harrison Bader coming through. CardsFan022 says, I don't know about you, but Goldie looks like the old Goldie from Arizona. Easily, easily the best version of Paul Goldschmidt that we've been able to watch as a, as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. And that's not a knock on him in any capacity. He had a really great season last year. But, you know, watching him dive around the infield and, and take patient at-bats and walk and uh, yeah, this is the Paul Goldschmidt that the Cardinals traded for, and it's fun to watch. This is probably the best pers- the best player that the Cardinals have had in the lineup. Uh, uh, the best performer that the Cardinals have had in the lineup on a day-in, day-out basis. Man, maybe since, you know, you would say Albert Pujols, but maybe, you know, being a little bit more realistic about it, maybe, I don't know. We'll just say Albert Pujols. Carlos Beltran comes to mind, one of those two. Um, and there go the, the comments for uh, for Prospects After Dark. I hate this. I don't know why I'm having such technical difficulties. Uh, let's see. Uh, Roy McAvoy says, Schilt deserves credit for giving Bader and Carlson days off based on what they have done after. Yeah, look, I would argue that uh, he waited a little bit too long to give Dylan Carlson a day off. I don't know if I fully understand what took so long. I, that was, you know, I've been preaching set it and forget it with Dylan Carlson, and I maintain that. 
But when you're talking about playing five ga- or eight games in five days, like maybe give them a little bit of a break, you know, maybe, maybe just a little break in there. But yeah, uh, it definitely paid off. And those are all positives. And we're going to have to wait and see, you know, I, I don't know if he gets, he gets credit for benching Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader was terrible. Uh, you know, it's not like he gave him a day and he, he kind of came about like, he benched him, and then when he played, actually, he was terrible, and then he blew up this weekend. Uh, watching From Liz Buck says, watching Carlson try not to grin during the post-game interview. Yeah, what a great kid and a great moment. Got to root for that kid, got to root for that family. DRust51 says, just hope Bader keeps it up. Fury could easily fall. Yeah, I think that the stats, uh, the track record proves that that's probably going to happen, but we just don't know. You know, the thing about all of these outfielders, uh, you know, Dexter Fowler was standing is that they're young. They don't have a whole lot of experience, and you just don't really know what to expect. Like, even with Harrison Bader, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what kind of adjustments he made. You know, during the game, we noticed uh, that he's standing a little taller and he's a little bit more wide open uh, at the plate. Maybe that's enough to propel him to a little bit of extra success, success that he otherwise wouldn't have had before making an adjustment. You know, uh, maybe Tyler O'Neill, as he continues to work on his progression as a hitter, being a little bit more patient almost to his detriment, um, maybe all of a sudden it all clicks for him. Again, right now I maintain that we're seeing some combo of Tyler O'Neill uh, between what he's trying to develop into and what he used to be and what he will develop into. I think that we're in some middle ground there. Um, but uh, yeah, and that, you know, Harrison Bader could be that way. Lane Thomas, when Lane, Lane Thomas comes back, look, that's kind of one of the challenges of not having a superstar dominated lineup that's so young and inexperienced. You just don't really know what you're in store for. Uh, Bulldog says, I went number three with Carlson, went deep today. I went number three when Carlson went deep today. I like that. Yeah, I think we all got a little number three in that action. Uh, Martinez Hook says, awesome that Yachty was there at the plate to greet Dylan. Yeah, that was an awesome moment. Uh, Real fast, just to get this thing started. As you guys know, I'm drinking Four Roses. I drink Four Roses nearly every episode at this point. I raise my glass to both Dylan Carlson for hitting his first Major League home run and a lineup with Yachty or Molina in it. Uh, Yadier Molina was the highlight of the entire weekend with Harrison Bader hammering and Dylan Carlson uh, hitting his first home run. It all pales in comparison to having Yadi back and Yadi mashing and Yadi being Yadi. Our good friend BJ Dittman says, uh, series win, Yadi hit parade, KK, Dylan Dings, Bader back, uh, back legging, Carp and Goldie getting on. Let's go. Yeah, I do think there are some, uh, some positives to take from this weekend. Uh, you know, coming back on Thursday to get that win, that was a gutsy win off Rizal Iglesias. I like that. We talked about a good start from KK. Goldie looks like Goldie. You know, every once in a while, Carpenter will show signs of busting out a little bit. Yachty has been really good at the plate since he came back. We're worried about Tyler O'Neill, no doubt. We're going to see uh, what that looks like. I think he could definitely use a day off. My hope is that we start seeing him uh, uh, maybe try not to be as patient. Uh, remember, the two things that, that I really think that we're seeing with Tyler O'Neill is he's working a lot of 3-2 counts. Now, last weekend, he got jobbed in the strike zone a little bit, but he's working a lot of 3-2 counts, and when he's making contact, it's like either fly balls in the infield, ground outs to the left side, or fly balls to the warning track. Uh, I don't know how to remedy that. I think that it'll all normalize. I have no doubt about it. Uh, But I am hopeful that we'll see Tyler O'Neill start taking steps, start busting out. I've got a feeling Tyler O'Neill hits a home run, and then he's going to take it up to the next level. Uh, but, look, nothing but positives. Uh, nothing, Not nothing but positives. There's actually a lot to kind of get into, dig into. Uh, but there are positives to take from this weekend. After the longest weekend of Cardinal – longest week of Cardinal baseball that I've ever experienced in my life, you know, to have uh, eight games in five days and then have an additional four games in four days 
uh, 12 games in nine days. I can do math, guys. I can do math. That's a lot of baseball. And not a whole lot of breaks for a lot of those guys. Uh, I think what Colton Wong's kind of done, especially as he's starting to push the ball to the left, the left field side, um, I, I think that there are some positives to take. Uh, as, you, as you start to develop an identity offensively after a 17-day layoff. Uh, Unpainted Huff says, uh, if you were going to name a dog after a Cardinal player, past or present, what would it be? I would name it um, Weeders is what I would name that dog. Cards Chat 18 says, time to move on and beat down the Royals. Yeah, you know, uh, Royals and then the Indians in the weekend. Uh, I'm excited about this week. I forgot now, of course, I'm a fucking moron, and I forget who they're playing between the Royals and the Indians. Uh, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, keep it rolling. Keep it moving. Uh, Beltran, love it. Yeah, Carlos Beltran, I agree, 11-time champs. D-Russ, everyone for sure looking improved. Not everyone. I think there's still some concerns. But, you know, Brad Miller was a fun, awesome, uh, legend-maker uh, moment this week. That was awesome. That was cool to watch. A lot of baseball. Uh, PTH Rizzle says, I'm staying in and tying one on tonight, baby. That's right. Get yourself all crunk, freak. Uh, 11-time champs, if DeYoung can find that stroke back he had in spring in first few games, offense might not suck. Yeah, it just might not suck. You know, he he did struggle a little bit in those first five games. He definitely hit a home run. But, yeah, look, uh, the addition of Paul DeYoung and Yadier Molina to the lineup just gives the lineup a little bit more depth. All of a sudden, you don't need to have Tyler O'Neill hitting fourth. Or Matt Carpenter hitting fourth. You know, you can put DeYoung there once he gets a few at-bats and hope that that lengthens your lineup and you get a little bit more, a little extra production out of players who don't need to press as much. Forever Cards, do you think Carlson has grown into his body yet? No, look, I still think Dylan Carlson could definitely grow into his body a little bit more. He's a he's a well-put-together young man. Um, but yeah, yeah, look, and even if this is where he ends up uh, for out throughout his career, I think he'll be fine. Uh, my own personal opinion. Jeff Neal says, fuck ye. That's right. B underscore Rick Forrest says, nothing warms my heart more than a carp double. Yeah. You know, carp gets a ton of credit too for turning a single into a double today. Uh, you know, he's hustling out of the box. You got to love that. Uh, there are some, some positives to take out of uh, Matt Carpenter's work this weekend. Ron Roberts, our lover, uh, my, my, my lover, Ron Roberts. If Carlson lives up to his potential, put him in two spot or behind Goldie. Yeah. Uh, Again, and this is kind of what we're getting at about getting Yachty and Paul DeYoung back in the lineup. Maybe that takes some pressure off of guys like Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill to perform. Uh, yeah, that, that's my hope. Let's 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 keep them at the back of the lineup. Let's let them get hot, and let's see where it goes from there. Roy McAvoy says, team stats, the offense is 22nd or worse in every category. Pitching is top three in every category. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Again, you know... I'm not trying to give them an excuse, but for the life of me, I don't know how anyone could evaluate what the Cardinals are offensively other than struggling for the most part. Uh, and, you know, if you go by their track record in the past, definitely being worried about continued struggle. But I don't know how you can fully use the last week of baseball. Uh, again, uh, you know, 12 games in nine days to f fully evaluate exactly what the Cardinals have. Uh, I can't. I don't think I, I can. Uh, and we're not going to know soon because Pittsburgh is who they play, right? It's it's the Royals, Pittsburgh, and Indians, and then they've got a doubleheader against Pittsburgh. God, I'm so stupid. Um, you know, once they get through this, maybe we'll have a better idea. We probably won't because it's still baseball. Like, they don't have another day off for, like, two weeks or something like that. So even then, like, that doesn't that's not proper evaluation. And then when you start talking about the COVID list, like, how do you even evaluate a lineup without Paul DeYoung and Yadier Molina? And then... How do you evaluate a bullpen without, 
you know, potentially Carlos Martinez, but specifically Cody Whitley and Ryan Helsley and Junior Fernandez. Like, I honestly, as concerned as I am potentially at the offense, uh, I don't have a feeling one way or the other. We do know what the stats say. We do know they say that they're like 22nd or worst in all the offensive categories. But I got to tell you, I don't know what else you'd expect after a 17-day layoff. Uh, Kyle, uh, hey, freaking cards, Kyle. Pleasure, my man. Freaking cards to cards gifts. O'Neal, odd man out in the hot hand game. That'd be correct. You're right. Fish says O'Neal taking patient at bats, even if he's not getting a ton of hits right now. Uh, you're right there, too. Drinking High Life tonight. Ooh, get that Miller High Life. Nothing's wrong with that. Look, uh, we like good beers as much as we like shitty beers. Um, I like Pabst Blue Ribbon. I, I, I love Pabst Blue Ribbon. So to, to the High Life, we raise our glass. Let's see. So got to clear six 40-man spots. Uh, Jesus Cruz, uh, Chrismat, and where else do they go? I wrote, made a little list here. So for me, it's easy. It's Roel Ramirez, uh, Chrismat, Cruz, Kaminsky, Miesinger, and then probably John Nagowski. Uh, I would make the argument that Max Schrock, but probably John Nagowski. Uh, yeah, I've been so impressed by O'Neill's eye, especially in late high leverage situations. And again, a lot of balls to the warning track. Look, I maintain, I will maintain until the day I die. That Tyler O'Neill, if he just stays confident in himself, trust his process, he's going to have positive results, a strong offensive positive results. If he were to listen to this, uh, that's what I would tell him. Just keep being you, man. Shake it off. Now, I will say the two, the two strikeouts today were the most uncharacteristic strikeouts that he's had this season, especially that last one. He was frustrated. You could tell he's wore down. That's part of the reason why I think I'd give him the day tomorrow. Um, but, you know, especially against a lefty, that was tough. Today was the first day that, like, and he did hit that ball to the warning track, uh, to the right field, right center field warning track. But today was the first day where I was like, the underlying stats that say that he's a bit unlucky, uh, it, it's time to just give him a day of rest, in my opinion. Uh, let's see. Can we talk about Fred Bird's antics? Yeah, there's nothing we love more than, uh, than Fred Bird naked out in the outfield, uh, just taking a little dip, you know. Uh, birds like bird bass. I like that he's a bit of a peeping Tom. Uh, voyeurism is the right thing for me. I appreciate a good voyeur Fredbird. Um, and then the laundry thing, I'm not a fan of laundry, so I have no respect for that. Uh, Pat family, good to see you all from Cash Bridges. Hello, Cash Bridges. How are you? Uh, Plas Plastic T says, is Carp done playing third now? We'll find out, you know, uh, with Brad Miller and that strong arm and that good defensive range, along with Tommy Edmond, who hopefully gets his bat going a little bit. There probably isn't a reason to have Matt Carpenter play third all that often, but with a lot of baseball and a, not a lot of days, I would imagine he'll still get some time at third. And you know what? He didn't, unless I'm mistaken or missing something, he didn't really do anything bad at third. It seemed like he kind of held his own at third. Uh, let's see. Cards chat says, uh, Ton was so close to last at bat flying out to the wall. Thought he had it. Yeah, I thought he had it too. But remember, that was his second to last at bat. Uh, uh, Reed, I think was the lefty's name or whatever the hell the lefty was, uh, struck him out. Uh, what's your opinion on Schilt's bullpen management the last 10 days from Sam Wobble? My opinion is that it's kind of been terrible, but what else can you expect out of somebody who only has X amount of pitchers to use, uh, in such a short period of time in so many games over that short period of time? Uh, there, the, my one, like I've got big gripes here and there. I think using John Gant for a couple innings in Chicago in the early part of the week last weekend, I think not doing that was stupid. You know, unless Giovanni Gallegos wasn't ready to go on uh, Friday night when they lost, 
going to Tyler Webb instead of Giovanni Gallegos in the sixth inning with the bases loaded in two outs. Uh, that's egregious. Um, I think some of the pitch calling has been weird, uh, you know, whatever. But look, uh, I think it's been terrible. But my critique of its terribleness uh, comes with the caveat that, to be honest, I don't know who's up or down. I don't know who's healthy or not. And I don't, uh, I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there. And I also don't know what somebody would do day in and day out um, with that many games in that short period of time. Our good friend JT Vonderhaar says, any info on this Carlson guy? Hit his first home run today. Yeah, again, I'm going to raise my glass to the Carlson family, uh, to Dylan Carlson for getting his first hit. Hopefully he's got the monkey, or his first home run. Hopefully he has the monkey off his back, and this propels him to some pretty great offensive promise uh, this coming week. Unpainted underscore Huff says, really interested to hear your thoughts on Ponce's slow start with high pitch counts. Uh, my thought is that Ponce is throwing a lot of pitches early in starts and not lasting long. My thought is uh, he needs to command his stuff better if he wants to be a starter. Uh, and other than that, like, I don't have a strong feel for it. You know, they were talking about last his last start, not the one today, but uh, during the broadcast they were talking about his, la- his second to last start, if you include today's. Uh, he was struggling with fastball command, and then he went to breaking pitches. You know, maybe that's a key for him. I, I don't know. I like when Ponce is mixing his stuff. Um, I-, I like that it seems – he wasn't getting the high strike today, so I like that he kind of adjusted and was working a little aggressively low in the zone. It didn't really pay off. But those are my thoughts on Ponce. I don't have any, like, galaxy brain extra scouting thoughts on him. I want to see him mix his stuff. I want to see him more strikes, and if he doesn't throw more strikes, then it doesn't really matter. Uh, Quinn says Cardinals need to make some big adjustments to Keller's 0.00 ERA. Now it could be wrong too, but last year, Brad Keller, like no hit them through seven or made them look bad. Uh, that was not good. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what it's like to go up against the stingy Brad Keller, uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. I'd like to see him go left, super left-handed heavy if possible. Um, Weeders, LOL, uh, pirates, uh, pirates. There we go. Thank you, DJ, uh, Deheim. uh, fish says, do you think we see Seth Elledge back in the pen? Or since Helsley is close, does he not? Yeah, I think that there's a chance Seth Elledge finds his way to the back end of the pen again. I don't expect him to be one of the guys taken off of the 40-man. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that that makes sense. Look, the Cardinals are going to have a couple, what, nine more doubleheaders or whatever, eight more doubleheaders, uh, which means they're going to have a 29th pitcher, uh, which has a 29th person on their roster, which will most certainly be a pitcher. Now, that might be a starter. It might be Oviedo when Oviedo gets sent back to camp or Woodford. Uh, but that does make room for someone like Seth Elledge if, the Cardinals want to go bullpen start or something like that. I, again, I give it about, and then you never know who's going to get sick or hurt. So I'll say it's about a 40% chance we see Seth Elledge again. A Pittsburgh doubleheader, I believe. Thank you to everyone for correcting me. I get, I love it. TD Jones says, get the feeling Moe's going to stand pat money and waiting for our whole team to play our hints. Yeah, and you know, honestly, like, what do you even trade for? What's on the market? You know, what does the market even look like? Uh I'll be honest, if I was John Mazalock, unless I thought I could get a true impact bat at a reduced rate, I don't think I'd make a move either. And I know that's terrible, and I know that probably doesn't make the Cardinals a championship-caliber team, uh, but I wouldn't know what the hell to do in that position either. You know, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but you play five games, and then you have 17 games off, 17 days off, and then you play, you know, nine games or 12 games in nine days. And then you have one week to make a decision about who you're going to trade, which includes uh, trade trade or trade four, which includes a doubleheader right in the middle of it. 
I do not envy that position. Uh, if I'm him and you hear the comments that he's made about just trying to get the lineup and get the team playing every day, I, I don't even know how you could concentrate on that. Now, I guess that's why you have uh, Mike, uh, 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 Mike Gersh for, uh, but it's just it's a tough situation to be in. W.E. Kern says, with the Rockies now uh, 0.5 out of last place, will the Arenado rumors heat up? Of course they will, because Cardinal fans are banty, and they're excited, and they love Nolan Arenado. I don't know if they'll like heat up from a national perspective or even a, a local journo perspective, but I'm sure Cardinal fans will start tossing it around. Uh, and besides, we got Brad Miller. We don't need Nolan Arenado. That's a joke. Uh, the Johan looked legit from Todd Thiessen. Yeah, we are very happy about what we saw out of Johan Oviedo. Um, again, everything that I've written about Johan Oviedo over the years pretty well played out in that one start, but he gutted through it. He looked filthy at times, struggled with his command, but only allowed two earned runs and uh, uh, has a, a solid foundation to build upon. Cards fan 22 says, in your opinion, where do you think Carlos should go when he comes back? Uh, you know, it just depends. Um, I've always wanted him in the starting rotation. I would like for him to get back into the starting rotation. But with so many games and so many doubleheaders, I think that you could probably start him off in the bullpen and kind of stretch him out as it goes along. You know, with having 28-man roster for the rest of the year, you're already carrying two extra bullpen pieces, which means that you can get clever with bullpens and situations and the doubleheaders. So I would work to, to, to lengthen him. It's not like every other starter is lengthened anyways. Uh, you know, maybe get away with getting him into the majors, getting him in the bullpen, starting him at one inning and then going two, you know, uh, 25 to 30 pitches to 50 pitches. And then, like, the Cardinals need multi-inning relievers, too, and they haven't really had that aside from, like, Jake Woodford and Seth Elledge. So maybe he becomes a multi-inning reliever that could end up being a starter by the time you get to the playoffs. Uh, Piff Rizzle says, is John Gant the most handsome man on the team? Look, there are a lot of handsome guys on the team. You know, I think, uh, I think John Gant's the old Western-type handsome. I think Daniel Ponce de Leon is uh, the sexy sailor. I think uh, um, uh, uh, Dakota Hudson is an attractive man. Um, they're all attractive guys. It's just it's a hot team family. Uh, Liz Buck says Gant has the best hair. I think Daniel Ponce de Leon is the best lettuce to uh, face facial hair ratio. It's Colin Dunn, what's up, Colin? Uh, hey, Kyle, did you ever hear anything besides generic praise? I haven't. I didn't look. I've been pretty well away uh, this week from all, any of that. I haven't heard anything. I haven't talked to anyone at all this week. Cards Chat 18 says, Paulie D put some good swings on today, which surprised me back after the time off. Yeah, but they're still getting at-bats and everything. So, um, yeah, just got to keep having uh, good at-bats. Got to keep having good at-bats. Got to keep grinding away. Uh, why send Elledge down from Nick Nasty other than options? Yeah, that's mostly it. That's mostly it. Um, also, you know, I don't think he's going to provide the innings of some of the other guys that are around, like Woodford and Oviedo. Uh, and plus, here in the next couple days, as Helsley comes back, um, as Whitley comes back, you know, by the end of next weekend, I would assume, uh, those guys are going to go anyway. So, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, I was impressed with him, although he struggled a little bit here and there as well. And uh, like we mentioned, I think we'll see Seth Elledge again probably pretty soon. Uh, Alex Salas has another high lifer checking in tonight. Hey, even though I'm drinking booze, uh, enjoy your high life, my high lifer, life and friends. Shoptaw says, oh, Shoptaw's drinking Dr. Pepper. D. Russ is drinking vodka and lemonade. Uh, Unpainted underscore Huff says, someday I'm going to sip some Glenn Levitt 12 for one of these shows, stealing my Cubs fan's wife's scotch. Yeah, steal your Cubs fan's wife at that. 
Uh, Todd Thiessen is drinking Geritol. Todd is 150 years old. Todd's the only person here who's older than Daniel Shopdahl. Cheers to Yachty on a four, five day, four for five day. Uh, cheers to Yachty for this weekend. We already cheers to him, uh, but we're going to do it again. Jay Frank the Tank says, how bad of a deal with the devil do I have to make uh, for us to play more small ball? I swear it works. And, you know, that kind of um, – that projects out over the Schilt run teams. You know, when they're doing hit and runs, when they're stealing bases, uh, when they're moving on the bases – that's that's usually when the Cardinals are winning uh, underneath Mike Schilt. So I'm with you. Keep keep the chain moving. Keep everybody going. Um, you know that's my vision of small ball, and I would like to see more of it for sure. When when the Cardinals are aggressive in all manners uh, at the plate, at the bases, or on the bases, uh, pitching in the field, that's when they are at their best. Uh, holding Holding Cancer says Harrison Bader looking good. Happy for him. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, uh, Harrison, as, as Zach tweeted out, Harrison has a huge WRC plus right now. Uh, and we are very happy for Harrison Bader for having the success that he's had this weekend. Hopefully he continues to produce that way or uh, some facsimile of that way because the Cardinals need it. Uh, Jay, Jay Drake 349 says, you're a legend as always, Kyle's cheers. To you, Jay Drake, uh, to all of my pad people, welcome to Prospects After Dark on a Sunday night following the most in extensive week of Cardinal baseball that we probably ever had. Uh, Jay, oh, uh, Jeff Jones. Hey, Jeff, what's up? If somebody was really smart, they would write an explainer on Schilt's bullpen usage like tomorrow, which means that you're going to want to check out the Belleville News Democrat tomorrow because uh, uh, Jeff Jones is writing an article about Schilt's bullpen usage. There you go, Jeff. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Uh, Jay Duda, too, says, I stand Henesis and Gallego. Fun to watch. Now, Henesis is a different beast than, uh, uh, than Gio Gallego's. Uh, Henesis Cabrera is uh, it's a lot to watch sometimes uh, it's it's frantic it's kind of all over the place it is lacking in command in every sense of lack the term lacking in command uh, but that doesn't mean he's not fun to watch it's just it's the cardiac arrest kind of fun to watch um, can't sit to see I can't I, D Russ says can't sit to see Oviedo my, great, my guess is that what he's saying, uh, an autocorrect is taking over, is that he can't wait to see Oviedo again, and I am there too. Alex Salas, his thoughts on Ponce throwing 70% fastballs. Again, you know, I, I like Daniel Ponce de Leon's repertoire. I'd like to see him use that as much as possible and more frequently. Uh, but it wasn't like he was commanding anything particularly well. And if you're a catcher and you see that your starting pitcher isn't commanding anything pretty well, you're probably just having him throw fastballs as much as possible. Uh, you don't want to leave anything over the middle of the plate. And it seemed like early on some of his breaking pitches were finding the middle of the plate if they weren't finding the dirt. Uh, so I get it. Uh, hopefully he – look, the baseline with Daniel Ponce de Leon is that he needs better command of his entire arsenal, and that starts with fastball command. Roy McAvoy, everybody hates on Carp at third because he doesn't look good, but he makes every play he should. Yeah, it's again, to me, Matt Carpenter playing third base is kind of like Tyler Webb pitching. I don't exactly understand how it happens or how it works. But it happens, and it works. Again, Tyler Webb was put in a bad situation the other night. Uh, but other than that, Tyler Webb has been effective for the last year and a tenth or whatever the hell you want to call the X amount of games that the Cardinals have played so far. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I that, that javelin shot put thing that uh, Carp does is infuriating, and it makes you hold your breath every time he throws it. But he seems to do the deal at third uh, regardless. D. Russ says, can't wait to see Oviedo again. I get you. Hey, Ron Nuttall. Hey, Ron, how are you, bud? Great weekend. I agree. VHS says, hey, VHS, what's up, bud? What are your thoughts on all the over-the-top catcher framing we are seeing this year? Yeah, uh, 
it's it's terrible. And I think Cardinal fans think it's just happening to them. But, you know, every game I've watched in the major leagues, you're seeing catchers. The object of framing is not to steal an inch or two or to twist your wrist at the right time. The object of framing now is to grab the pitch wherever it's at and bring it to the middle of the plate. To me, you know, framing was an art form. And it's not anymore. It's uh, it's an extravagance. And the extravagance or the flamboyant nature of framing a pitch uh, on, you know, a foot off the plate into the middle of the, the plate uh, and getting a strike for it is disgusting. Uh, I'm all for robot um- umps once the technology gets there. All indications are that the technology is not there. Uh, it's not close to being there. So uh, until that happens, um, you just got to deal with what you get. But yeah, somebody needs to talk to the umpires about this hack-ass framing bullshit that's going on. I need water. Sorry, fam. Ah, sorry. Uh, uh, Mason Bates says, I'm disappointed that I missed Carlson's first homer. Do you think that this can get him going? Yeah, look, uh, if if you were a coach for the St. Louis Cardinals, or you're the hitting coach for the St. Louis Cardinals, or, you know, Albert or Joe Bell, you are constantly showing him that his, like, the hardest balls that he's hit have not gone for hits, so he's been a bit unlucky, although he is pressing at the plate, kind of pulling up on his swing. Uh, I, I think he'll balance that out. But, yeah, look, I think that he just needs to get a little bit luckier and we aren't in such a panic mode with what we've seen out of him. Um, yeah, I do think it'll get him going. I, I, I hope it does. We're going to have to wait and see. Quinn says, the Giants are in the playoff spot, so I imagine there won't be much selling this year. Again, I don't, I don't know what to think. If I'm not just of the Cardinals, look, I think John Mazalak and Michael Gersh have a tough enough time evaluating what to do next with their team uh, at, from a trade deadline standpoint. But I don't know how any team can, can possibly evaluate what they want to do at the trade deadline. I, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Uh, now, most of the teams have played substantially more games or have played more games than the Cardinals. So at least they have a little bit bigger of a small sample to go off of. But. I do not envy any front office uh, uh, this this trade deadline. DRUS51 says, how long before we see Yachty uh, re-sign? Uh, it doesn't matter because he's going to play as a Cardinal forever. Uh, again, I would suspect that a comet hits Earth before Yachty ever retires. Lone Star057571 says, thinking the Central may be ours? Yeah, it just might be the Cardinals. Um, they still have to catch up and go through the Cubs. I'm excited about taking three or four from the Reds. Uh, but, yeah, look, the Cardinals are in a position where if they can get their offense going and if their pitching keeps pitching the way that it does, that they can compete with the Cubs on a daily basis uh, on their way to the NL Central victory. But, again, that's a lot of baseball. That is a lot of baseball that the Cardinals have and a lot of fatigue around those games, I'm sure. Hey, Matthew Trubelot says, is Carlos' Velo ever coming back? That's the big question, right? Yeah, uh, Velo in command. Uh, that start against the, uh, the, the the Twins was not promising. His Velo was way down. I think there's some speculation that the COVID might have been uh, might have played some role in that. Of course, I don't know anything about that. Uh, but he did, you know, the, the rumor was that uh, during the, um, the inter-squad games that his velocity was back into the mid-90s. Uh, but, yeah, look, if his Velo is not going to be up, then uh, – that's not good. But, you know, the other issue with Carlos is sometimes when he's slinging the baseball and he's trying to pump it in, that's when his command really goes. Uh, something that we saw, and this was about this time last year, 
is when his velocity was down, he wasn't particularly commanding the ball. And when his velocity was up, he wasn't particularly commanding the ball. He had that little sweet spot. So, like, if his velocity was above 95 or below 92, uh, he wasn't effective. But if it was in that range there, right around the 94-mile-an-hour range with his fastball specifically, that's when he was most effective. Uh, now, again, that was all out of the bullpen, so that's a completely different story. But, yeah, look, uh, I want that velocity to be up, but I just want to see him pitching. I want to see him healthy, and I want to see him consistent. Cards, but you're right. The question is, will the velocity ever come back up? Cards fan 22 says, good call by the umps today with Winker when he leaned into that pitch. Yeah, that was terrible. and uh, That was terrible. He was trying to get hit, and uh, good for the umps. Yeah, that was an awesome moment for the umps. I wonder if the robot umps would have called that. They wouldn't call that. That's not how robot umps work. Oh, God. That's not how robot umps work, and that's why umps are there. Jay Frank the Tank says, Kim reminds me of Jaime last night. I miss Jaime. Uh, Kim had way more command than Jaime really ever showed on a regular basis, but from a left-handed pitcher that did work against a pretty good offensive uh, offensive club, it was nice to see. Uh, Roy McAvoy says, nice shirt. Yeah, uh, Cards Gifts had these shirts made last year. Um, uh, I believe it benefited like sex trafficking or something like that. It was through Miles Michaelis. Again, I am the worst because I don't ever know what's going on ever with anything ever. Quince, and also I'm sure that these shirts are in some capacity are still up at Birds on the Black. If not, we've got amazing merchandise, including this awesome mug that you can get. Again, 16 ounces is the way to go. Don't get that 12-ounce shit. It's too small. You need more room for your booze. Uh, so to Cards, Gifts, and Charities, and because this goes to benefiting minor leaguers, uh, to Cards, Gifts, and Charities, and Birds on the Black, we raise our glass. Quinn says, if a spot opens up, would you consider giving Reyes a chance to start? Uh, I would not. Again, I want. I would not chance anything with Alex Reyes. Keep him in the bullpen. The Cardinals need as many bullpen arms as they can get. I would like for him to go a couple innings. But, you know, as positive as we can take from Alex, as there are so many positives that we can take from Alex Reyes, he still doesn't have command of any of his shit. You know, he was effective today. He got a big uh, uh, double play, ground out double play to end the game. But that command is not there. And, you know, his velocity started to tick down a little bit, too. So let's let's pump the brakes on that. Let's be happy that he's pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals in August of any year. And let's hope it continues. But as of right now, I like him in the bullpen. I like him in that role. Uh, and I think that there are better starting options than him that don't negate how effective he can be in the bullpen. John Redbird says, hi, Kyle. Hope I'm not backtracking. Join late. Let's talk about Alex Reyes. Yeah, I hope that I just covered it for you, John Redbird. Again, I'm happy he's having success. I don't think the command is there at all. Uh, but that goes to show you how filthy the kid can be and how dominant he can be even when he doesn't have command. Holden says, Gorman coming up this year at all? I sure hope not. I sure hope not because that's not something that he's ready for, not in any capacity. Liz Buck, vodka and cranberry. Oh, uh, Zach says he's drinking a Powerade. What kind of Powerade? Uh, I like those zero sugar Powerades, and I like the purple one. Uh, Liz Buck is drinking vodka and cranberry juice with seltzer. Uh, what kind of seltzer? That sounds like a delicious drink to you. Uh, Jeff Nihau says, Okendo, a little aggressive lately. Uh, but if by lately you mean for the last 25 years, uh, you're dead on. Victoria Dryden says, this might have been asked, but I had to step away momentarily. Is Carlson here to stay? Yeah, I would suspect that Dylan Carlson is here to stay. I don't see any reason to outright him right now. It's not like everyone else in the offense is, you know, uh, setting the world on fire. Now, I will say, if, you know, a week from now, Austin Dean and Lane Thomas are ready to, to go, ready to come back. And Dylan had a similar week to the week that he just had. Then maybe, maybe not, you know. 
Uh, but I feel happy and excited about the weekend that he had, although it wasn't a full list of positives. Um, and uh, hopeful that, that he has something to build on with the home run uh, today. Annie Ziggy, Anna Ziggy says, Team Noted Libertor was helping put Yachty and uh, Go- uh, DeYoung uh, get... Let me start over. Team Noted Libertor was helping get Paul and Yachty ready. Any news on how it looked? Yeah, uh, so I was told that his command was off, uh, especially with his breaking pitches. Um, but he had good fastball command. You know, it blows my mind that they would bring up a lefty. And I know that they don't have a ton of options. I would have liked for it to be Angel Rondon. But they'd bring up a lefty against Paul DeYoung and uh, uh, Yachty or Molina. Uh, I would have gone righty because that's more of a test. But, yeah, uh, that, that's that's what I heard. I heard that he looked okay without command of his breaking pitches. Uh, we call it the David Eckstein. I don't know what we're talking about, but I love it. Uh, the O underscore MO says, well said. I must be somebody else saying something. C. Cornwell says, sorry, late to the fun. Pretty stoked to be back in the A. Reyes train. Yeah, look, I'm excited that the Prospects After Dark family is talking about Alex Reyes. I'm glad that he's pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, this late in the season, although it's early in the season, although I don't know what the hell kind of season it is. Uh, uh, and there's positive that he isn't getting torched and that he isn't walking a million and a half people, although he's walked plenty. Uh, but, but more importantly, like, let's also be realistic about what we're seeing, which is a lack of command of his pitches. Um, again, sometimes it's about watching where the catcher's set up and watching where the ball's going. Hopefully he continues to progress. Hopefully his uh, velo doesn't drop. And hopefully the success that he's having continues uh, throughout the rest of the year with health attached to it. Jay Duda says, yeah, framing has been atrocious. couple that uh, Caratini pulled back made me cringe. It's not just Caratini. And again, it's not just against the Cardinals. It's league-wide. It's, it's terrible. That's how you get strikes now. And uh, again, somebody needs to talk to the umpires about it. Whoever uh, is head of the umpiring uh, union needs to get at those umpires. BJ Dittman says, will we will be hard for Schrock to get ABs now that the Young's back? Hope he gets more looks. Again, uh, Max Schrock is is some amalgam of Skip Schumacher and Greg Garcia. I understand why Cardinal fans love him. I love that he got some hits uh, in, in rare opportunities. Uh, hopefully, he continues to produce if the opportunities continue to be presented to him. But, you know, I, again, this is not a knock on Max Schrock. I, I know that this seems like a knock when you say it, but when you look at the big picture of baseball, uh, you know, realize how tough this is, but Max Schrock is really just a great, you know, triple-A utility piece that can come up, uh, get a few at-bats uh, over a 15-day IL stint or something like that. Like, that, and the fact that he's been so good and to see him hit that home run was awesome. We love that. Uh, but that's that's as good as it gets, and that's a positive. It's not going to be his regular. It's not going to be what he is. But, yes, I, I love that he's done a lot with the little bit of looks that he had, and I'm always excited when any player that spent – you know, a handful of years at the minor league level gets a chance at the major league level. Uh, I'm always for it. I'm always rooting for those guys. D Russ 51 says lots of baseball with the Cubs all at Wrigley, any and doubleheader on each trip. So, so much baseball, you know, the, the, the five games in three days uh, against the Cubs was awesome. A lot of baseball, a lot of exhausted fans, uh, a lot of exhausted players. I can't imagine what that was like. And we've got another doubleheader coming up this week against Pittsburgh. Uh, Zach says, I'm sure they benefited uh, uh, sex trafficking. (laughs) Boy, I really got to watch what I say, don't I? Uh, They were in aiding the end of sex trafficking. Sorry, uh, that's something else I've got going on. Callan Dunn says, do you have an estimate 
of how many shirtless squinting versions of you have been made into cutouts. I think that there's three or four, and I'm I'm pretty disappointed that there haven't been they haven't been showcased uh, on the uh, on the on the broadcast. Uh, there are <laughs> there are at least two, and I didn't buy any of them. I, but I think that there's three or four. Clutch Yada, Clutch Vandy says hopefully Goldie starts finding that power stroke. Same with DeYoung. I don't have any feelings at all about Goldie uh, finding his power stroke. I just want Goldie to keep doing what he's doing. I don't, you know, I, of course I want more power. I love power uh, without a doubt. But I just want Goldie to keep doing what he's doing because if he's, you know, if he finds his power stroke and he doesn't keep doing what he's doing, then this offense is more impotent than it's already shown. He just needs to keep doing what he's doing and hope that the Cardinals catch fire in some capacity. But yes, if the power comes, that'd be magical. Eric B says... Reyes hit 98 a few times. His velocity seems okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, so uh, it would have been his last appearance. It was in like the 95-96 range. It was good to see him back up, but again, it was in the 95-96 range after the weekend in which it was 99-98-97 exclusively. Uh, but again, the main issue is command. Uh, again, that's why I was I kept saying command, 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 and then also, in addition, the velocity. Uh, Dalton Austin says, off topic as hell, but remember Ty Wigington. We love Ty Wigington around here. We love obscure Cardinals, especially the ones that weren't worth their weight uh, in contract or weren't worth their contract in weight, neither of which are correct uh, ways to say that. Cardsfan022 says, can't believe that Wainwright is the team MVP at the moment. Again, I don't even know what a team MVP looks like at this point, but it's been awesome to watch Adam Wainwright perform pretty damn well. Andy Pants 47 says, do you think Bob Nightingale could make a spot start for the cards? I'd love to see it. I just love to see Bob Nightingale uh, tweet and talk about anything uh, at all. Uh, Quinn says, any chance we see Rondone on how Rondone, you know, I don't think so. I think that uh, now as people start to get healthy, especially pitching staff that we're not going to see unless there's an, a bunch of injuries or another COVID outbreak. I don't think we're going to see many more major league debuts. I think most of the major league debuts have been made, uh, because the guys are going to get healthy now. And then if those guys get hurt, the guys that have already made their major league debut will spell them. So no, I, I, I you know, I don't think we'll see on Rondon. I, I don't think we'll see really anything else that looks like a major league debut at this point, uh, unless it's like Jose Godoy because the catcher got hurt or something like that. Uh, little Matty a says good bullpen equals wins. Yeah. Look, I'll maintain until the day I die that pitching wins championships, uh, uh g- great pitching wins championships. Uh, Good defense wins championships. And again, a non-impotent offense also. Uh, Newsy76 says, I hope the Peoria Chamber of Commerce is getting their dollars worth sponsoring the radio broadcast. Uh, I haven't heard the radio broadcast, but that makes me laugh hysterically. Hold on. To the Peoria Chamber of Commerce. Fish says, am I the only one that thinks Andrew Miller has looked pretty damn good? I think he's looked good. Uh, I think he's looked I, – I think he looks like the Andrew Miller of last year where sometimes you hold your breath, uh, where really a lot of the times you're holding your breath, but maybe it's only because you just expect everything to go wrong and not necessarily because you expect him to do bad or do good. or you know, uh, To me, it's like emotional risk management. I, just, I assume Andrew Miller is going to get blown up. I think he, he's a foot off the strike zone half the time. Uh, but look, he's been effective. The Cardinals pitching staff has been effective, uh, aside from a few hiccups here and there. So if he keeps doing what he's doing now, I do think having him be the closer, closing out games is really stupid. But uh, when you don't have a whole lot of options, you do crazy shit. So who really knows? So he hasn't been bad. He's been pretty good. 
Uh, Nick Nasty says, with a uh, wish Schrock could have a role, but Colton isn't going anywhere, anywhere, and Edmund is a utility guy. Yeah, so is Brad Miller. And, you know, uh, they, they've got that utility guy that does more than Max Schrock does on nearly every level, except for mid-contact. Uh, Brian Gibson says, that Carlson home run swing looked a lot like J.D. Drew. I like where your head's at there. Look, I, I'm not going to do any mechanical comparisons because I don't really care, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm just happy the kid got his home run. Uh, and, and here's the hoping, here's the hoping that that's something to build on. It did look like J.D. Drew in that he was out in front of it, kept his barrel in the zone, and went down and got it a little bit. Now, it was still middle, you know, middle, middle, uh, middle, low, middle, middle. But he was kind of beat by that pitch, and he went and got it. And that's the minor league version of Dylan Carlson that we've seen, working the count and then making a pitcher pay. So here's some more of that. John Redbird says, do you think anyone, anything notable will happen at the trade deadline, cards or otherwise? I really don't know. You know, I think you'll see some minor trades. Um, probably not. You know, I, I just think like the teams that would sell, what do they really have to sell? You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. So I don't think so, but uh, you know, things could get really interesting in the next week with teams losing or winning. And then we're talking about a frantic day on the 31st. JT Vonderhaar says, do you think the next player, who do you think the next player to debut will be? Again, my best guess would be Jose Godoy. Uh, if Kiz gets hurt or Yachty gets hurt again, that, that'd be my best guess. Again, I think with as many people that just made their major league debut as just made their major league debut, and with as many people who will be coming off the IL because of COVID, I, I think that we've seen most of the major league debuts uh, this season. Mark Chayden says Cardinals playoff chances look very good right now. NL kind of weak. The NL is kind of weak. And yeah, the Cardinals playoff chances look good. And you know, I kind of would have expected them to do worse this week. It's not like they did great this week, but I would have expected them to do worse with as much baseball as they had to play. Uh, I thought there'd be a lot more fatigue. Uh, so yeah, look, the, with a 16-team playoff field, the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs. I, I feel confident in that. Unless everything goes to shit again. They have another round of uh, COVID outbreak. And then... God only knows what that even means. Uh, Mark Hayden says, Goldie, NL, MVP, or Tatis? I'm pretty sure it's Tatis. Jeff Jones says, are we going to remember some guys? I like remembering some guys. Preston Gilmet, uh, uh, that's a guy. Yeah, see, that's one of the guys, Prospects After Dark, we love. We are, as, look, I am the bottom of the barrel in human being. I have the worst genetic strand. I, I mean, I literally have nothing working for me. So... As the king of people with nothing working for them, I champion and honor guys like Preston, Preston Gilmet, uh, like Ty Wigington, um, uh, the various Travis Tartamella, uh, the various rounds of catchers that have come up and sat behind Yachty for all these years. So, yes, at Prospects After Dark, we are very happy about bringing up uh, players whose careers went quickly uh, as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. Zach STL says, roar. roar. Matty Ice says, what are your thoughts on how the PBA negotiations are going with MLB? Uh, my thoughts are, uh, so I would recommend that everyone listen to a couple weeks back, Baseball America, when the minor MILB changed their negotiating uh, team 
Uh, they did a great podcast on it. And they'll say and more than I can. And they have more information than I do. And they understand it way better than I do. But it seems like there's kind of a civil war going on between minor league owners. Uh, some that want to be involved. Uh, don't want to. It's a civil war between owners that don't want to lose control. That, the control that they have. And the owners that want to mitigate some of their financial risk by allowing Major League Baseball to take as much control over minor league baseball as possible. Now, the current negotiating structure or negotiating team for minor league baseball is very much about not relinquishing some of the control that they have. Um, So how do I feel about the negotiations? Uh, My thoughts on the negotiations are simple. Major League Baseball is going to do whatever the hell it wants. It can do whatever the hell it wants, and it will do whatever the hell it wants. If it wants to contract, it's going to contract. If it wants to completely fold minor league baseball, go to the independent league and move all of their players to the independent league, they can do that. They will do that. They'll do something like that. They'll start buying uh, without minor league baseball involved. They'll start aligning themselves with owners uh, that were formerly aligned with minor league baseball to create their own independent league if they want to do it. That's my thought. Look, minor league baseball has no power in this. This all comes down to major league baseball and what major league baseball wants. Uh, So that's my thoughts. That, that, and that's not even really thoughts. That's more facts uh, than anything. Uh, Cody Hill uh, on um, Twitter says, I noticed this yesterday, but it looks like if we can get through six, we can go Gantt, Miller, Gallegos, Reyes. I like that very much. Yeah, and then you can add Whitley and Helsley when you get to uh, their hell. Mark Hayden, I thought the cards had the best pitching in the vision, and they are proving it. They have, look, the pritching, the pritching. God, that's a combination of, Pitching and obscure, which will get us to our next question. But uh, the pitching has been very, very good. They've had a lot of depth. Having the amount of depth that the Cardinals have has probably kept them afloat. Uh, And, again, I'm really excited about getting Whitley back, about getting Helsley back, about getting Carlos Martinez back, uh, Junior Fernandez back, and uh, seeing what that means for the pitching staff in general. Uh, You know, I give Dan McLaughlin a ton of credit for what he's been saying on the broadcast about – it, it being a pitching staff, like not a starting staff in a bullpen, about it being a pitching staff, because that's exactly what they have and exactly what they're dealing with when you're talking about having as many games as the Cardinals have had in a short period of time and will continue to have in a short period of time moving forward. So, yeah, it's, uh, again, the p- pitching's key, especially with the Cardinals. Like, they've kind of – their emphasis is on defense and pitching. Uh, and when your offense struggles quite frequently – you need your pitching and your defense to be as good as the Cardinals pitching and defense has been. And we've seen what happens when the defense isn't good. Uh, It's awful. Dalton Austin says obscure Cardinals. You mean Dean Anna? Yeah. Remember we, uh, 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 we, we do the Austin Dean Anna. Uh, Yeah. And Austin Dean will be an obscure Cardinal. Uh, uh, Luis Perdomo. He doesn't really count, but he does. The Cardinals have had a ton of really great obscure Cardinals. Quinn says, Brandon Moss, Tyler and Khalil Green, 2017 Johnny Peralta. I love that we just, we pick a random year for the players. Justin Masterson, that's a great one. Every backup catcher since 2005. Yeah, that's a good call too, Quinn. Uh, You know, I don't think, I don't think Brandon Moss counts as an obscure Cardinal because for a minute there, and I really do mean like one full 60 seconds, he was really good. But yeah, yeah, you're right. There's definitely some obscurity there for sure. There's a chance we're talking about Rob Kaminsky uh, being an obscure Cardinal. Jesus Cruz, Roel Ramirez. Roel Ramirez, as tragic as his only major league appearance has been, uh, he at least will be the answer to a very, very sad trivia question moving forward. 
Fish says, is Austin Dean the odd man out in the outfield when Lane is back? Yeah, look, uh, there's no reason to have Austin Dean on the roster at all. Uh, so, yeah, I would think so. Eric B says, the only thing that's hot is bullpen pieces, and the Cardinals have that. I think you're hot. Eric B, the teams that are selling also don't have good offenses. Uh, that sucks. Uh, Little Mattier says, going forward, and who's going to sell? Again, who's selling? I, and what do they have to sell? Um, Little Mattier says, going forward, who is the most important position player on the team? Paul DeYoung. You know, uh, we've seen what this offense looks like without Paul DeYoung. Uh, and if Paul DeYoung can be the beginning of the 2019 season version of Paul DeYoung, then that takes pressure off of a lot of inexperienced players that are playing an important part in the lineup. Uh, it allows Matt Carpenter or Brad Miller or both of them to drop down the lineup. So, yeah, my answer is, uh, is Paul DeYoung. Uh, George Kataris. Oh, boy, now we're really kicking it. Or however you spell his name. Yeah, it doesn't matter at this point. Uh, Jeff Jones. Jeff Jones says, uh, uh, Frankie Pena was at Bush this weekend. He's, out at, he's on the Cincy travel squad. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, watch any White Sox games lately to feel pain. I have not watched any White Sox games since the series last weekend. Uh, but, man, Luis Robert is really hammering the baseball, isn't he? Bart Lindsay says, don't tell yourself short. You have something, an awesome beard. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. The, and, uh, you know, all the beard cost me was the hair on the top of my face as gravity pulled it down. VHS says, Cubs run differential is plus four. What the fuck? Yeah, that run differential is a whole thing that I, like, I get it, but I don't get it, if that makes sense. Like, uh, I understand that, yeah, you would think that the really good teams would have a, a larger uh, a plus, and the bad teams would have a larger minus. Uh, but sometimes you blow people out, and sometimes you get blowed out, and uh, some wins are close. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what else to say, but it is really interesting when you look at it at the end of the year. You see run differential, and you're like, Man, how did so and so win? Go twenty five games above five hundred, and they only had like a X amount of you know uh, uh, runs plus over you know that it's a it's an amazing stat. It's fun. It's one of those fun things. Like to me, run differentials kind of like when people tell you what the odds are that a team's going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, two months out or a month out or anything less than a week out. Uh, it, like it's fun. It's interesting. It's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Pith Rizzle says, I just want to confess my love for cards, gifts, and double Indian pale ales. That's all. Hey, it works here. March Hayden says, I wonder what MLB does when the cards only have 58 games at the last day of the season. March, they're probably just say, hey, the Cardinals played 58 games after missing 17 days because of COVID. Hooray, they did it. Uh, that's what I imagine will happen. And remember, that's part of the reason why they expanded the field, uh, the playoff field, was to mitigate any of that bullshit. Dalton Austin says, Xavier Scruggs. Yeah, we love Xavier Scruggs. Uh, uh, Tara, the lovely and talented Tara Wellman, did a, had a great interview with Xavier Scruggs uh, uh, on Chirps, or and you can check that out on the Birds on the Black podcast network. Uh, that's great. Look through the archives. Uh, uh, check it out. Be Love says, "Hey, babe, what's up, Be Love? How are you, babe? Uh, look, I need some uh, some booze." Oh God, uh, uh, Jay Duda says, "Shit, remember the Mark Reynolds plus Brandon Moss era?" Yeah, Mark Reynolds was really. For, for Mark Reynolds, again, I'm not saying that he was really good, but for Mark Reynolds, he was a really great St. Louis Cardinal. Uh, I'm going to pour more booze into my glass, which I keep doing uh, and not finishing, um, but uh, and raise my glass to Mark Reynolds uh, as we as we and I'll you know I'll raise my glass to all of the obscure Cardinals that we've talked about already, including Mark Reynolds, Brandon Moss, and as JT Fish JT Frisch says, Ronnie Belliard. Uh, yeah. Mm, the fish says, 
Uh, I think Mark Reynolds' lasting impact on the cards is when he plowed into the Pittsburgh right field wall. Rough day. Uh, uh, H. Freert says, somebody needs to get Goldie some protection. It'd be nice if that person becomes Paul DeYoung. But remember, uh, what we're starting to find out Actually, what we're starting to find out, I'm trying to be too kind about this. What we know for a fact is it's not necessarily about who's hitting behind you. It's about making sure that people are on in front of you in Paul Goldschmidt's case. I've heard Goldschmidt talk about it. Goldschmidt believes it's that too. He believes that he gets pitched differently uh, and he can be more aggressive when he has people on ahead of him. uh, And he doesn't necessarily think it matters who's hitting behind him. And I agree with that. Uh, I think that modern baseball is different than what we used to see. So I think when people talk about like lineup protection, I think that they're ignoring the fact that there's an incredible amount of data and an incredible amount of video uh, that ends up going into how teams attack hitters. You know, I think that that's kind of old school stuff. Not to say that you're not going to see more fastballs or whatever, but I just think that the plan of attack is different. It's more independent, uh, you know, independent at towards each player. uh, Whereas it used to be like, how do you attack a lineup? So, again, look, we might call it protection for Goldie, but this, the key with this lineup is just getting this lineup producing. And if that means Paul DeYoung's behind Goldie, driving Goldie in when Goldie gets on base, uh, and that's protection, then I'm all for it. Matty Ice, my favorite obscure Cardinals, John Smoltz. That was a hell of an era of St. Louis Cardinal baseball. Cards fan 022, who has Matheny used in the Royals pen like he used Matt Bowman? You know, truth be told, and I'm sure we're going to hear a lot about it over the next couple days, but I've heard nothing but positives. Now, at the beginning of his tenure with the Royals, you know, a couple weeks back, uh, he was getting blown up. But it seems like he, it seems at least, like he's learned some lessons from his time as a manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. He's applying them, uh, and they've actually got some pretty good results because of it. We'll see. I mean, I think I'm excited to see what it looks like. I'm excited to see what it's like to watch Mike Matheny manage another team. Uh, I'm anxious to see if Mike Schilt can run circles around him. I'm anxious to see if Matheny can outmanage Schilt. That'd be something. Can you imagine that? Uh, but, yeah, it's a whole fun subplot of the next couple games that the Cardinals will be playing. D Mash 11 says, uh, watching Yachty and Barnhart frame pitches was a treat after watching the Chicago catcher. Good Lord. Now, I will say, Tucker Barnhart, while he can be really thrifty, uh, while it can be an art form for him, he is definitely a grab and bring to the middle of the plate, and he does it pretty frequently. Uh, now, he can frame it just like Yachty does or frame it traditionally, but he, look, all of these catchers are starting to catch on to the fact that that's how you steal strikes now. You just take that thing, no matter where it was thrown, and you just bring it to the middle of the plate. Uh, and, and that's how you're, that's your best bet to get a strike, uh, uh, to steal a strike, rather. So, yeah, look, uh, Tucker Barnhart's a really good catcher. Yachty's obviously an amazing catcher. Uh, and they both long ago mastered the art of the frame. But I, I give, and this isn't, a, this is not a knock on Yachty in any way, but Tucker Barnhart is also pretty aware, it seemed like, that there's a new way to steal strikes, and that's the way to do it, and we saw him do it a little bit here and there. Uh, Pete Thrizzle says, prophylactics for Goldie. Uh, Fish, does Raleigh Fingers count as an obscure Cardinal? Uh, sure. Oh, Joel Pinheiro from Matty Ice. Uh, good call. VHS says, sometimes I do get blowed out. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you lucky bastard, you. Mark Hayden, uh, need cardboard fans in the outfield? Yeah, uh, we need the Cardinals fans to really step up uh, and add a, add an extra little flair. Just keep spending your 100 bucks or whatever to get the cardboard cutouts. If we can get 40,000 strong in that stadium, that'd be amazing. Uh, I thought for sure, too, as we talk about 40,000 strong in Bush Stadium, I thought for sure that we would hear a loud enough 
piped in crowd after Dylan Carlson hit his home run that he'd have to give a standing ovation or standing, uh, you know, a, a cap tip. Uh, I thought for sure that that would happen. A curtain call. I thought for sure we'd get a curtain call uh, out of the piped in uh, fan noise, but just another missed opportunity, I guess. I'm actually really glad that didn't happen. Can you imagine? Uh, what do the Blues do next year from Little Matty A? I wish I knew Little Matty A. You know, I, they, we'll see what happens after the expansion draft with the Kraken. Uh, we'll see what happens with Alex Petrangelo if he gets re-signed. We'll see what they do with two goalies making $4 million, uh, one that took them to the Stanley Cup and then performed terribly, and then another one who performs terribly often but played great this playoff. Uh I don't know. I don't know what to think about the Blues, and I think that your next best step is to see what happens after the lottery. Uh, and I'm also an idiot. So, Quinn, Cy Young, and John Smoltz should have gone in the Hall as Cardinals, if you ask me. Now we're talking. Personally, I think Cy Young and John Smoltz should be in the Hall as Cardinals. Uh, Dalton Austin says, remember Ryan Jackson and Jerome Williams? You're fucking right we do. We remember them. Uh, we remember them. Uh, Rico Washington was another great one. Uh, Brian Barden, Brian Barton, Jeremy Hazelbaker. Um, the Cardinals have an amazing cast of obscure players that have come through the system. John Axford, a uh, John Axford, Steve Ciszek. Um, yeah, a great call from James Goboom. B Love says, does Gallegos lock down the closer spot? I don't know. You know, again, I maintain that I love Giovanni Gallegos and the role that he has pretty well had since securing a, a, a high leverage spot in the bullpen. And that is as the shutdown guy whether it be in the 6th or 7th or 8th inning, coming in in a key position to get a key out. That's the role that I want him in, and I want him to figure out the rest later. Uh, Jay Duda, just one for me. Promise catcher Rob Johnson's relief appearance with a couple of Ks. Uh, Just one for me. Promise catcher Rob Johnson's relief appearance with a couple of Ks. Yeah, Jed Jerko pitching like a a king. All of it. I love it. Uh, Joey Votto says the same. I'm not exactly sure what Joey Votto says the same, but... I'm, whatever Joey Votto says, I agree with regardless because he is Joey Votto in the best. Yeah, uh, as Colin Dunn says, Mitch Harris, great Cardinal, better American. Thank you for your service. To Mitch Harris, uh, great Cardinal, better American. To Ben Yokely, former St. Louis Cardinal farman, spent some time in the, the service. To him. James Goes Boom says the Troy Gloss era. I love it, James Goes Boom. Yeah, I love that Troy Gloss era. Joe Mather. Joe Mather's another great one. Nick Stavanoa. Uh, Noah Snelson. Sup, man? Hey, what's up, Snow? How are you? How are you, bud? Did you touch on trades? Lots of prospects moves to make. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I know that there's some talk about there being some prospects for prospects trades at the trade deadline. I don't see that happening. I don't even know, like, where you begin with that. You know, maybe if you're talking about trading mid-tier prospects or mid-tier prospects or mid-tier prospects for you know, triple a relief pitchers or starting pitchers and hope for pitching depth, like maybe stuff like that. But man, I really don't think you're talking about prospects for prospects trades. You know, I could be wrong, but you know, think about like the Cardinals. How would you even evaluate that? You don't, first off, you don't have video of any of the other camps going on. Uh, It's not like you're talking like, at least with major league teams, if you're going to trade for guys on their 28 man, uh, you have video of it or 40 man, you know, guys you might've seen. But where do you even, like, how do you even evaluate those prospects? You're talking about all of these prospects losing a year of their development. Uh, it's not something I would do. Uh, not unless somebody was like, hey, you know what? You can have Wander Franco for, uh, uh, anyone. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you can just, 
you can have Wander Franco, but take whoever you want. I don't care. Like, that's the only way you do that. Eric B says, John Smoltz qualifies as a random Cardinal. Absolutely. Andrew Miller for obscure Cardinal. Yeah. I think here in a couple years, we'll be talking about a Brad Miller for obscure Cardinal here in a couple years. Noah Nelson, I want a cutout section of awkward Goldies and one made entirely of shirtless O'Neills. I'm with you, Noah. Scott Siebel. Yeah, Scott Eric Kamatsu. Man, you guys are real. James Goes Boom says Scott Siebel. VHS says Eric Kamatsu. Man, you guys are bringing it strong. I give uh, I give uh, uh, Jeff Jones credit for bringing this into our conversation. Cards fan Jonathan Broxton, we will not talk about Jonathan Broxton on this podcast. Uh, J-, J. Duda says Tyson Ross's time here was pretty solid. Got to give him a shout-out. Nick Greenwood from Dalton, Austin. Uh, Troy Gloss was my first Cardinal jersey. That's awesome. Uh, Luke Floosh, does anyone ever leave it? Why does everyone leave out J-Rod? Because we call him Johnny Load, Luke. We call him Johnny Load. Uh, Franco for Plumber. There we go. Trade for Jake Berger. Hey, uh, yeah, the Missouri ba- uh, Missouri State first baseman. Uh, he Let's see, he broke his leg and then did something else. Uh, yeah, maybe. But again, like, what's Jake Berger at this point? Uh, and again, w- the White Sox, what would they even, like, what would they want that the Cardinals have for Jake Berger? You know what I mean? Like, and what would the Cardinals trade for that? I just, I don't know how you see that. Like, how do you make that trade is what I'm saying. And again, if you're the Cardinals, why would you trade for Jake Berger, who has been hurt and hasn't played in years, who was already kind of out of shape and already had like questions about his hit tool? Dalton Austin says Mark Ellis. Okay, so here's where we're at. I'm going to ask you all to stay there. I'm going to go get some more ice and I'll be back in a second. Stay there. I love you. Keep the questions coming. Keep the questions coming. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Uh, Sorry, family. I just wanted some ice. I wanted some ice because ice. Uh, Mark Ellis. All right, now what else do we want to talk about? Look, uh, as much fun as it has been talking about random St. Louis Cardinals players from yesteryear, uh, what else do we have? Like, look, I I, <laughs> I love the picture on t- Cardinals Gifts just tweeted out the link to the broadcast. And the picture is of the background with me not there, which is freaking, uh, freaking, freaking hilarious. Anyways, what else do we want to talk about? Look, uh, I would prefer it if we talk more about what happened these last couple days with the St. Louis Cardinals. But again, if you guys just want to keep listing off random Cardinals from yesteryear, like I'm all about that too. I don't really care. The most important thing, my pad family, is that we all together, we raise our glass of bourbon to uh, the St. Louis Cardinals for enduring a week of a lot of baseball in a short amount of time. Uh, uh, and also to my pad people for being here. We love you, pad people. Coach Brett Vaughn, our good friend, says baseball on the rocks. Seltzer for my soda streamer. Ooh, that's awesome. I love that stuff. Uh, thoughts on Dakota Hudson for Martinez Hook. You know, I think Dakota Hudson has been pretty impressive. Again, it's the same kind of thing with Dakota Hudson that we always have, right? Where... Um, the issue with Dakota Hudson is that he doesn't throw enough strikes. Same kind of thing with Daniel Ponce de Leon. Again, I don't think he's filthy, filthy. I think his slider cutter combo is good. I think when he's mixing in that curveball here and there, I think it makes him a little bit more dangerous. I like his two seam a lot, but I think Dakota Hudson is exactly what Dakota Hudson is. I don't think he's going to get better. Uh, I think that this is him. I think he's a guy who will probably have a lower ERA. I think he'll outwork his FIP because of the, the pitches that he throws. I don't think he's a front-end starter. I think that if he's your third or fourth starter, I think that means that you're in better shape than a lot of other teams in baseball as far as a pitching rotation standpoint. Uh, and I want to continue to see him build on his command that he shows every once in a while. Command is the most important thing for him, and he doesn't, just doesn't show it enough. 
Uh, what happens to Dexter Fowler next year? My guess is he starts off as the everyday right fielder. And then uh, if he isn't good, gets released. More than likely, remember, last year or next year is the last year of his contract. So anything's on the table. But I would remind everybody that so far this year, Dexter Fowler has been one of the offensive bright spots for the St. Louis Cardinals. So uh, let's not be so quick to cast him off. I would definitely like to see upgrades. I would definitely like to see more than Dexter Fowler, uh, you know, being an offensive bright spot. But being realistic, like, I think that that's the most likely. I think the most likely thing is he's your starting right fielder next year uh, with the potential of being a 745 OPS guy, uh, but also the potential of being let go because his contract's about to end. But we talked about it a little bit last week. I could also see a situation because he's – He's only making for one more year if, if, if he has a good offensive year this year. If he continues to do what he's doing, I could see some team maybe taking a chance on him, you know, maybe uh, giving up some mid-tier prospects for him for one year of him that might need some, uh, uh, some outfield versatility, again, from a left-handed right, a, a switch hitter, though he's not particularly good right-handed hitting, uh, but who might be able to look for a little bit of veteran offensive utility uh, out of someone like Dexter Fowler. So there's always a chance that if he continues to produce a little bit offensively, that for one year at a relatively inexpensive but still somewhat expensive rate, uh, Dexter Fowler could be on the trade block. But again, Dexter Fowler has to accept any trade, so that's a whole other issue there. Uh, Bryce Britton says, woo! Yeah, now we're talking. Uh, John Redford says, Wong is a nice couple of games, driving the ball to all fields. Yeah, again, uh, when I say we we talked about that a little bit, I don't mean that as like a – Hey, we've already talked about that. I only say it as like a, just as like a recap. It's one of those like ticks. It's just something I say that I'm not thinking about. It's probably a delay while I form my opinion. But, you know, we talked about that a little bit with Wong, and that's awesome. Early on, Colton Wong was ahead of the ball, and I thought that that was a promising side. We talked about that last Prospects After Dark. Uh, and now we're seeing him back on it. We're seeing him waiting on it. And we're seeing him using all fields. And if he continues to do that, we're going to see his offense continue to tick up and continue to tick up and continue to tick up. And that's a positive. You know, they get Tommy Edmond going. Uh, then you have that Edmond, Ed, or you have the uh, Wong, Edmond, Goldschmidt at the top of the lineup. You know, you get the young hitting again. And that changes the whole dynamic of the front end of the offense, completely changes the front end of the lineup. Our good friend Quinn says, uh, the random Cardinals from yesteryear episodes. I like it. Colin says, whose development is hurt most by minor leagues this year? Everyone. Everyone's development is hurt by no minor leagues this year. No doubt about it. The two other, like, the subgroups of all minor leaguers that I think of are three subgroups. The ones that aren't at the extended spring training facilities uh, for the Cardinals at Springfield. That's one. Guys who strike out a lot. I, I can't imagine it being a positive to not face live pitching in a competitive way if you're a guy who strikes out a lot. And three, I think, I think players that don't have access to facilities or technology, uh, again, probably the poorer players, I think that they're in bad shape here uh, as compared to players who have access to facilities and technologies. I think they're the ones that are hurt. You know, if you're, if you want to go a little bit further, I would say that, you know, minor leaguers that are advanced age between the ages of 23 and 26 that were at the mid to upper levels, I think that they're probably hurt because they're probably going to get released after minor league contraction happens. There really isn't a spot for them at that point. So I would suggest that they're the ones who are probably going to get hurt because they've got to go play independent ball or they're going to have to go play in that dream league or whatever major league baseball decides on. Uh, so like those are just my very rudimentary thoughts on who's hurt uh, by all of this. Uh, KK a cards fan. Zero 22 says, I think KK was pretty much locked in his rotation spot. He's been really solid. Yeah. I think after that last start, 
you know, you have to think Flaherty, Wayno, Hudson, and KK are all locked in. You know, I'd like to see them get into a, a position where they're piggybacking Ponce and Gomber. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, but yeah, look, those four are certainly locked in, and KK deserves it. KK was brilliant the other night. Uh, James goes boom, says Tom Brennan. Yikes, yeah, fuck that guy for real. You know, so here's the thing about apologizing. Uh, I've had to apologize for a lot of shit in my life. Uh, and if you're not really, really sorry for it, you say things like, man, I want to apologize to the people who signed my paycheck. Dude, you just made a gay slur on television. Apologize to the, the gay people that you made the slur towards. Don't apologize to the people who pay your fucking pay, who sign your fucking paycheck. That's not a genuine apology. You're covering your ass. The apology was about covering your ass. That's all that that was. Uh, fuck that guy, man. Yeah, fuck that guy. You know, I don't want anyone to lose their jobs. Uh, what I'd love to see him do is I would love to see him become an integral part, uh, uh, an integral part of the Cincinnati uh, LGBT community out there for constant charity events. Like that's, that's how you apologize. That's how you apologize for that. You become a member of it. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, be gay or be bi or trans or any of that shit, but you become a supporter of it. You integrate yourself into it to prove that whatever biases, whatever hatred you had towards it, uh, you understand now cannot be there. Uh, even if you didn't, even if you don't really care, just get out there and fucking do it, become a part of it, support it, uh, and also fuck off in the process. Coach Brent Bond says Buffalo Trace shot for Fowler's surprise production this year. Uh, yeah, for the offensive success that has happened in the Cardinals lineup from guys that we might not have expected. You know, Matt Carpenter starting to put together a, a, a nice little run here. It's not great, but it's a nice little run. You know, Dexter Fowler, Harrison Bader, uh, Brad Miller. Uh, and again, the guy who's pretty much the, the centerpiece of the offense, Paul Goldschmidt, to all of those guys, we raise our glass. Dalton Austin says, I can't raise any glasses. I'm 17. Then get yourself some Powerade. Look, uh, uh, Zach was drinking Powerade a little while ago. Uh, we have people who are drinking coffee. Our good friend Victoria Dryden's probably drinking coffee. Um, just drink something. Again, Prospects After Dark is about coming, having fun, enjoying yourself with things that you love. For me, I love bourbon. I love getting drunk. Uh, I, I love feeling happy. Uh, and that's what Prospects After Dark is. So get your favorite fruit juice and get fucking crunk off of it. Martin um, uh, says, why does Flaherty and Carlson look like brothers? They just might be. No, they're, they're both uh, California kids, um, uh, Harvard Westlake and Elk Grove. Um, and the reason that like brothers is they're both young. I don't know, man. I'm old now. Every, all you young people look exactly alike to me. Uh, I don't think that they look like brothers, but they look like brothers in the way that they look like two uh, major league baseball players with bright futures. Uh, Liz, Liz Buck tells Dal the 17 year old Dalton Austin, I'll raise mine for you twice. I love it. Uh, Matt Stromer. Hey Matt, what's up buddy? How are you? Uh, I didn't get to watch this past weekend, but I've seen Schilt get some heat on Twitter deserved. I do look, I, uh, I'm one of the few people who have criticized Mike Schilt pretty well since he became a manager. So I do think it's deserved. I, I think that we definitely don't have the full picture, but I also think that if you're not given the full picture, then the criticism is warranted because the lack of communication being communicated creates the criticism. So uh, lack of communication, uh, if we don't know, then we have every right to criticize moves that we're seeing made uh, uh, as far as availability of bullpen arms specifically. 
But yeah, look, I think he's done some really terrible bullpen management. I think he's doing paint by numbers in the bullpen. I think he's keeping guys on schedule. And I think he's, I think he's planning too much for the potential while giving away wins right now. And I, I think everyone knows that. I think everyone sees that. And that's not to say, like, there, look, there's a lot of times where he could have been criticized for his bullpen management. And I have definitely been critical of him. Uh, but, like, there are legitimate times that supersede moves here and there. That Like, like Roel Ramirez keeping him in for four hitters uh, to go back to back to back to back. That's whatever. I'm over that. That's nothing. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. We talked about it then. We got it. We understood why he did it. We didn't agree with it. We didn't like it. But you know what? I get it. What I don't understand is going Tyler Webb with the bases loaded uh, uh, and a righty up uh, on Friday night. That's terrible. That's Gio Gallegos' role. Now, we weren't told Gio wasn't ready or that he wasn't available, but that's where you put him in. You know, uh, uh, holding, you know, every once in a while, he'll keep a pitcher in there too long. And you're like, well, dude, you were just being super cautious with the start. Why are you not being cautious with this guy? There's some inconsistencies there. But again, uh, as the broadcast keeps jamming down our throat in the most homerish way imaginable, there are things that we don't know. So we can only take what we have uh, information-wise and be critical based on that. T.D. Jones says, I think the bad play by Bader might have kick-started his career. Hopefully, fingers crossed. XO Haley says, hi. Hello, Haley. How are you? Jay Duda says, I would vomit if Dex goes back to Chicago. First thoughts that went into my head. I think a lot of people would think that. And I'll tell you what, you know, Dexter Fowler, I'm going to raise my glass to him, not only because of the offensive, like, successes he's had this year, but the guy's always been pretty good against the Cubs as a member of the Cardinals. Uh, John Gant, P. Thrizzle says, John Gant threw a ridiculous curve this afternoon. That was extremely enjoyable. John Gant has looked fucking filthy. You know, that was another one of my complaints last weekend is I would have liked to have seen him go more than 10 pitches, stretch out past one inning, maybe go two. But he didn't do it again. Like, that's the minutia. That's, like, I'm not as critical as I am of it. Like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to dwell on it. But John Gant has been incredible. He's been filthy. Honestly, in my opinion, he looks better than he did at any point last year. And there was a time last year when he was dominant. Uh, this is the best John Gant we've seen as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. Stu Stiles says, have you been impressed with Ricardo Sanchez's first few outings? What are you seeing from him? I have been impressed. Now, uh, I, we talked about it when, we, uh, when the Cardinals acquired him off waivers. I only watched like three or four starts, and I wasn't particularly impressed. Uh, I will say that the most recent outing of his were, was a little bit more the minor league version I saw of him. Where he's most effective is when he's using his breaking shit on the outside half to righties and then tries to blow a fastball by him up in the zone preferably a little higher than the strike zone. Uh, that's where he's effective. And, you know, he repeats his mechanics really well. He does a great job of hiding the baseball. But uh, what we are really seeing is he's just he, that. We're seeing that, like, manifested. Now, his command goes awry sometimes. Uh, and I think we saw that a little bit more in his most recent appearance. But he has definitely been a bright spot of some of the guys who have become part of a, a taxi team because the taxi squad is something different, like a taxi the taxi bullpen between Springfield and the Cardinals. Uh, that's what we're seeing. I think, I think we're seeing him use breaking pitches a lot. I could be wrong about that. That's not, that is not a fact. And I think that that suits him well too. Uh, Cards gifts asked, heard anything? I heard an update on Arizona fall ball, Arizona fall league or the Florida fall league. I have not, I have not heard anything, not a peep in word, which is a bummer. Hopefully now I do think once we get past the trade deadline, we're going to start hearing about um, uh, what minor league baseball looks like next year what a prospect camp looks like uh, uh, coming up towards the end of the major league season, if not beyond the major league season. 
I, I just don't think we're quite there yet. Um, I think they're still trying to figure out everything. Uh, Martinez Hook, how long do you think Jack goes pitch count? Yeah, my guess is that they'll be super conservative with him. Maybe 60 pitches, right around 60. That's my guess. Uh, H. Freer says, weird to me that Gomber hasn't been used more. Yeah, again, so Gomber's in the Daniel Ponce de Leon role that Daniel Ponce de Leon was in for two straight Septembers, where Schilt was so afraid to use him because he was so worried about needing a long reliever that he never got in there, even though there were times when they really could have used him. Uh, I would have liked, again, I know he got up twice and he didn't pitch, but I definitely would have liked, I want Gomber and Ponce de Leon in a piggybacking situation uh, in the immediate future. That's what I would like to see. Uh, let's see. Cardspan022 says, I don't know if you've talked about it yet, but what's your thoughts on the Tatis 3-0 situation? Uh, look, I taught every, so I've taught, I've taught two, I've coached two minor league, uh, a two minor league. Let me start over because I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Uh, I've coached two little league teams. I took the one group from 10 to high school, and then I took the other group from 10 or 11 to high school. I don't remember. That first group, I was all about those unwritten rules and all that other bullshit, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know why. For the other group, I told them, fucking swing the bat. I don't care if it's 0-0. I don't care if it's 3-0. I don't care what the score is. Swing the fucking bat. Because who cares? Look, you're up there to hit. You're not up there to fucking stand and watch a goddamn baseball. So my thought is, I don't care. And a stealing, too. I don't care. Look, it's baseball. If you're going to implement, if there's going to be unwritten, nonsensical rules about swinging 3-0 or stealing when you're up, just make a run rule. Sure. That, there. Uh, run rule. Uh, you're up by 7, the game's over. Boom. You're up by 10, the game's over. That's fucking ridiculous, right? No one wants that. I don't want that. You don't want that. Yeah, and you want to know what? What I want is I want offense. I want guys moving. I don't care if it's a seventh inning and a team is up by 100 runs. Fuck them. You know, you play the game. You play every minute. And then the game's over. Deal with it. Just deal with it. Who cares is my, my thought on the Tatis 3-0 situation. Quinn uh, says, I still can't believe he called a home run in the middle of an apology. Yeah, he's kind of a piece of shit, that guy. Uh, hey, I told you Victoria had coffee. Uh, Jay Duda says, a power aid uh, sponsor. That's great. James Goes Boom says, not drinking, slamming a strawberry shortcake Sunday to James Goes Boom. James has got the right fucking, the right attitude here. Dalton Austin, the 17-year-old, says, prospects after dark is about coming. I already did that when Carlson hit the homer, and I can no longer comment on that. Uh, Mark Trayton says, how much more in detail are you watching the cards since there's no minor leagues this year? Uh, you know, I would say I'm... So the thing is, yeah, for those of you who don't know, those of you who might be new to Prospects After Dark, when I watched baseball last year or every year leading up until this year, I would have two laptops out. I'd be watching three minor league games and the Cardinals. Most of the time I'd have the Cardinals games muted and I'd be listening to the minor league games, the minor league feeds, because there's actual information that I'm not going to get uh, unless I'm listening to them about prospects and players. So without minor league baseball, am I watching or paying more attention to the Cardinals? I don't think I am. Uh, I think that I'm pretty good or trained rather at taking in as much of each of whatever I'm watching as possible. Now uh, there's probably something that everyone else should know here about how I am watching St. Louis Cardinal baseball games. Now uh, I have an exercise bike. That's the exercise, bike. oh no, hold on. Wait, no. Yeah, that's hold on. That's the exercise bike. And I have a television and I have a laptop. And what I do is I get on my exercise bike <laughs> And I play video games. I play the show. 
uh, while I'm on my exercise bike, and I set up my laptop so that I can watch the Cardinal game. And that's how I multitask now. That's how I watch baseball. Because one baseball game is not enough to like stimulate me both emotionally, or to stimulate me emotionally, mentally, or sexually, like it used to. Uh, Mark Chang says, we are the pad capital of the world. You're damn right. Hey, Anna Kaiser. To Anna Kaiser, I raise my glass. T. Carson, how big of it is a misstep not signing Tatis after his tryout for the Cardinals? All right. So, again, we went over this a little bit with prospects after dark last week. Again, I, I know that there was a comment made, I believe, by Mr. Tatis Sr. that he tried out 19 times for the Cardinals. Uh, I was told that a lot of those tryouts for the Cardinals were also showcases for all teams. Uh, I think this is where we as fans are fucking stupid. Uh, not to get on you, T. Carson. Uh, it's obviously a mistake that they didn't sign Fernando Tatis Jr. But Fernando Tatis Jr. didn't really sign for a lot of money. He wasn't a highly thought of prospect because uh, uh, he was not good. Like, you go back and watch some of his scouting video, and it's not particularly good. It's not particularly flashy. He's not. He doesn't show the athleticism that he showed right now. He doesn't show the bat speed he showed right now. Uh, he didn't really show the ability to play the field. The lesson to take from Fernando Tatis Jr. and the success that he's had is that when you're talking about scouting 16, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, even 18-year-old kids, there's no fucking way on earth to properly project how that player is going to do. It's impossible. It's the most crapshoot of all crapshoots in a sport made of crapshoots. So, to your question, yes, it was obviously not a good thing that the Cardinals passed on Fernando Tatis Jr. The question is that I have is, had they signed him, would he have been the Fernando Tatis Jr. that we know now? Maybe not. Remember, there was a time when the White Sox traded him to the Padres for James Shields. The team that did sign him didn't even think that highly of him. You know, the Padres got the most out of him because he's the kind of player that the Padres get the most out of. Again, sometimes when you're talking about a player development, it's about where a player's at. Uh, as much as it is about the skill set that they have. Uh, look at the Cardinals and all the pitching that they've created. That's kind of in that uh, that track, if you will. So, yes, it's a misstep. But you know what? Look at every player that was signed between the ages of, I mean, technically 16. But a lot of these guys have deals at the age of 14 that they sign when they turn 16. Look at all the kids that signed between the ages of 16 and 18 that project that pan out or don't pan out. It's, it's a fucking crapshoot. Again, like we talked last week on Prospects After Dark, if you want to get mad at the Cardinals for not signing Luis Robert, a physically developed 19-year-old monster, uh, remember he was 19, remember he was 19 when the Cardinals could sign him, go ahead, get upset about that. That was a unique situation that the Cardinals did not finish. They did not complete. Uh, if you want to get mad about that, you can get mad about that. That's fine. I, I, I'm done getting mad about it. To me, it's just fun to watch him fucking rake for the White Sox. Uh, but when you're talking about kids who sign, uh, you know, Caribbean league kids, Caribbean kids who sign at the age of, you know, 16 to 18, all bets are off. Sorry to go on a rant there. I just think that it's, it's just more that fucking ridiculous, like, oh, well, it's what it is, is it's, it's a conversation without context. Uh, it, it's it's a point made without context, and uh, that's a shame. So, I again, T. Carson, I hope I didn't come down on you too hard. That wasn't directed at you. It was directed at the lack of uh, um, context in that narrative. Real Jerry Austin says, word on the street is Shannon can hit a golf ball into a pickup truck. Oh, boy, I'd love to hear that story. Oh, that's great shit. 
Uh, Jay Duda, it's definitely weird that some of the criticism of Matheny weren't actually him, i.e. Wong Bunting. Yeah, Matheny was a terrible manager anyway, you cut it. Uh, Jay Duda says, I guess it's easy to pile on a guy when he sucks, though. There you go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Coach Brent Bond says, right, Gant is greater than Hudson or DeLeon. Look, uh, it goes, okay, so I think John Gant is great in the role that he has. I don't necessarily know if he were to be a starter, if that'd be the best role for him. That's my thought on that. But right now, John Gann is a fucking monster out of the bullpen. JT, JT Frisch says, which of the six guys going to be cut or traded is going to get is going to hurt the most? None of them. You know, like, again, I think I think Krizmat, Cruz, as I'm looking at my list, Comiskey, Meisner, Roel, and, uh, like, maybe Nogo uh, or Austin Dean. Like, I don't know. Meisner was the best of the group. Uh, maybe Comiskey, but I think Comiskey passes through. Um, I really don't think any of them, to be honest. I'll say Miesinger or Kaminsky or Nogo, if no, if Nogo is one. But remember, between now and the time that the Cardinals have to take, like, make this all work roster-wise, anything could happen. And the one thing we know for sure is that baseball has a way of sorting these things out uh, before you even have to sort them out. Quinn says, maybe Bader's error will be a kickstart like Spider-Man's Ozuna glove, uh, gold glove play last year. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Look, I, I'm very much on board for seeing uh, the version of Harrison Bader that many people thought he was capable of being. XOX Haley says, hi, new to this app. Please join my lives. <laughs> Mark Hayden says, wonder if a lot of fringe MLB players flock to Japan so they can play. Yeah, again, I maybe, maybe not. Uh, I hope so. I hope that the, the, the guys who, you know, are uh, – whose careers are halted at the minor league level because of minor league contraction an entire year and an entire year of the minor leagues being canceled, uh, uh, get another opportunity somewhere, anywhere. I just don't care. I, I just want them to be able to continue to play if they get the opportunity to play. Liz Buck says, agree on Tatis. Batters are there to hit the damn ball. That's what I'm talking about. Coach Brett Bond, take it easy on Keith. He is one of the best baseball guys ever, in my opinion. Who? Keith who? Keith, I don't know who we're talking. Hey, Lauren, how are you? I don't know what Keith we're talking about. I'm sorry. Uh, hello, Lauren. Dalton Austin says, I love how the same people who complain about participation trophies when players had just stopped trying. Yeah, it's funny. I kind of, I made a comment in our, our, our personal, our, uh, our, uh, fantasy league group chat about that too. I think that if we did the Venn diagram, I think we'd all be surprised. Uh, Vogelbach, hey, Dan Vogelbach has been traded to the Blue Jays. Good for him. Uh, I first glass raise. I love that. Join live. That's funny. Uh, no Broxton, no watch. Hey, John Raby. To, to all my pad people who are in here right now, John Rabe, uh, Rabe, 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 I'm sorry, John, I'm, I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name. To all my pad people, I love you. We're almost at the end of Prospects After Dark. Uh, we've been going for like an hour and 30 minutes. I raise my glass to all of you. You're awesome. Quinn says, feels like most of the international guys who are highly touted, the cards don't go after as hard. Again, I think that's, I think we have a misconception about what the international market is. You know, a lot of these guys sign at 16, right? Well, a lot of those guys are actually, they agreed to contracts when they're 14. So, and that goes to show you, like, in two years, what ends up happening with, like, the cream of the crop and how they rise. Remember, uh, 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 Jonathan Machado was considered to be, like, a top 10 prospect uh, in his international class. And he's fucking terrible. Now, we saw that, and people were, were projecting what his potential was going to be. Uh, but it just never happened. Alvaro Sejas, who was just outrighted off of the 40-man, he was the best pitcher in his class. And look at where he's at, you know? Again, he's still only 21 years old or whatever. He still has a long way to go. He still has the potential to be a major league uh, pitcher. 
Uh, but he's just not. Look, it, the international market is a complete crapshoot. Baseball itself is a crapshoot. But the international market, when you're talking about signing and scouting kids from 14 to 16 in, those, like, in a completely different part of the world, uh, I hold no animosity to the Cardinals for who they sign or don't sign uh, because it's so tough. And the Cardinals have been pretty good about turning these $300,000 $200,000, $100,000 signer signings into, you know, prospects and potential major leaguers. So they do get credit. It's just, again, it would be nice to have a Kuna or, or, or Soto or whoever, you know, maybe Johan Oviedo and his $1.8 million bonus uh, ends up being a huge part of the Cardinals rotation or bullpen moving forward. Uh, let's see. Luke Look at me now, which is a great handle, says D. Hudson is a four starter at best. Cards fans need to readjust their opinion of him. Yeah, so uh, uh, look at me now. I think that most Cardinal fans view him as a third or fourth starter. I don't think anyone views him as a uh, top of the rotation starter. I think the, I mean, Mike Schilt probably does. Maybe the Cardinals front office does, but I don't think fans do. I think fans are pretty realistic about the type of pitcher that he is. Uh, again, my interaction is with pad people. Uh, and not to like brag or anything, but most of the people in Pat are, are pretty smart baseball people. So uh, I, I think we all know that he's, you know, he's his fit tells us that he's not the 3.1 ERA pitcher that he's displayed. But we definitely know because of his, his repertoire and the way that he pitches, he's always going to outperform his fit as long as he keeps the ball low. Uh, again, I don't think any again, maybe this is just me. Maybe this is just the conversations that I've had. But I don't think I've heard anyone think of him as anything more than a number three starter for the Cardinals. And I think that there's an argument to be made that he is a pretty solid number three. And again, you would hope for a number four starter uh, in, in your rotation. Uh, let's see. Gus Sport says, where do the cards go with the 40-man? Uh, Graham says, Kyle, is that you? It is, Graham. How are you, bud? Uh, the 16 wins seem to create a division, uh, in my opinion. Uh, where do the Cardinals go with the 40-man? Again, we'll see what it looks like as they start ticking guys off of the IL, the COVID IL, as they find their way uh, back onto the roster. We'll see where it goes. But, uh, look, I, I see a pretty clear path to getting down to 40, whether it be by trades or trying to pass guys through waivers or or whatever. Uh, and, again, like, there's the five easy ones. There are four really easy ones, in my opinion, and that's Krismat, Cruz, Roel Ramirez, and Miesinger. And, you know, the Cardinals covet left-handed pitching, so maybe uh, uh, a Comiskey – Rob Comiskey sticks around. But, you know, I, I think you can make an argument that, you know, John Nagowski, you could easily DFA. Don't really lose anything there. Austin Dean, probably too. Uh, uh, and then, you know, you could even probably make an argument that you try to pass at Mundo Sosa if you had to pass at Mundo Sosa, but you probably won't have to get there. Uh, Carlson kind of good, huh? Yeah, it's a good. it was a good day for Dylan Carlson. So to all of my pad people, I'm going to raise my glass of Four Roses bourbon. Uh, I love all of you to the Carlson family, to the Hicks family. Uh, I raise my glass to both of you. Uh, to all of the pad people, you're the best. I love you. Another great uh, episode of Prospects After Dark has come to our conclusion after a great and long and a lot of baseball and few days a uh, week of Cardinal baseball. Which, of course, leads us into our final cheers, which goes to my birds on the black family. Look, I love Cardinal's gifts brother from another mother you guys hear this every week every week blah 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 yada 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 the highlight of birds on the black this past week has been unquestionably and without a doubt the game recaps uh by Stu styles Stu and n shield and cards gifts are tearing it apart 
on the game recaps, the best game recaps in all of baseball happen at Birds on the Black. Uh, Stu Styles makes it happen. Ben Cerruti pumps out articles that are next level thinking. Uh, uh, Zach, when he's doing articles, they're amazing. Zach also does Nerds on the Black, which is wonderful. Uh, Tara Wellman and Alex Chris Foley do Chirps. Check out of the podcast network, the Birds on the Black podcast network on wherever you podcast. I'm sure you can find it, and you'll be amazed at how great it is if you haven't heard it already. Um, and then also check out after every game on the Birds on the Black Twitter account, we do something called Blacked Out, where for 10 to 15 to 20 minutes, probably Tara or Zach, uh, I might get in there every once in a while, but I don't know how I'd be able to stop talking after 10 or 20 minutes. Um, anyways, all we do is recap the game that we just saw. We keep it short. We keep it quick. Uh, and uh, then you go about your business. And it's just about that game. and just about that. And it's a wonderful thing. And it's awesome. So to all of my Birds on the Black family, uh, I raise my glass. I love all of you. Uh, and again, one more time to the Carlson and the Hicks family for who I love as well in my own family. My brother, Michael, Scott, and Jim. My father, James. And uh, uh, my mother, Denise. I raise my glass. Ah, let's see. Thank you, Martinez Hook. Thank you, friggin' cars. Thank you, Liz Buck. Mark Chayden says, you like you like if the MLB got rid of NLAL and replaced it with East-West? No, I, I look, I don't, I'm not one to get caught up in, like, naming of things. I don't care about any of that. Call it East-West, call it blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not one to care about names. I'm not one to care about jerseys. I'm not one to care about colors. I hate the Victory Blues. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Anyways, uh, so they can call it whatever they want. Uh, I, I know that Purist or whatever will stick with NLAL. I like NLAL, but if they were to go to East-West, I mean, who the fuck actually cares? Uh, but then again, like, I kind of like, I like the way that it is. If they were to change it, as long as it made sense, I'd be happy with it. I, I don't know. Hello, Victoria. You're, yeah, you guys are the best. You're all the best. Botby's the best. Tara's the best. Stu's the best. Uh, uh, Victoria is awesome. You're all the best. The Pat people are, are, are good friends. Uh, and that's it. That's Prospects After Dark on August 23rd, a Sunday. We have another full week of Cardinal baseball ahead of us in St. Louis, which means that we probably won't have to worry about travel, which means that hopefully we won't have to worry about another COVID outbreak. Uh, if we have another full week of baseball, again, we're talking about eight games in seven days because of the doubleheader against Pittsburgh, uh, we will have another episode of Prospects After Dark, and I am really looking forward to it. I This week coming up should provide us with a little bit better idea of what this Cardinals team is uh, uh, than last week did. Again, when you're talking about five games in eight days, five games in three days against the Cubs, and then 12 games in nine days, there's no proper way to evaluate what we've seen. Uh, I would suggest that in one week's time, we're talking about Tyler O'Neill having put it back together and Dylan Carlson on a streak. Uh, uh, and here's the hoping that those truths, uh, those, those speculations become true. Uh, and, and that's all I have. And, and made it to the end from Josh. You're the man, Kyle. I don't have any thoughts on Alec Mills other than in MLB The Show. I can't steal bases off of him. Quinn says replace NL and AL with teams that Edwin Jackson has and hasn't played for. That's, oh, that's amazing. So to all of my pad people, all of my birds on the black people, uh, if you listen to this, you're a part of the resistance. I love St. Louis Cardinal baseball. I love enjoying it with you. I love sharing pad with all of you. I'm honored week in and week out when we get to do this. So uh, to each and every one of you, uh, have a great week. We'll reconvene in one week's time for what is hopefully a great week of Cardinal baseball. And in the meantime, family, happy hunting.